0: This material contains details of extremely violent crimes that some may find disturbing. Listener discretion is advised. It has been my life's mission to study violent offenders and determine the best ways to protect myself and others. Using my proficiency in the martial arts, along with my law enforcement career, I have assembled life-saving tactics and physical techniques proven to defeat violent criminals. Welcome to Serial Defense. I'm Joey Walker, your host and personal safety trainer. During this episode, I will guide you through the crimes committed by these serial offenders and how the victims were selected, and lastly, what you can do to protect yourself during a violent encounter with a serial predator. Would you know what to do if there was a serial killer or a serial sex offender operating in your community? And especially, what would you do if the offender's identity is unknown and is yet to be apprehended? When a serial killer is committing crimes in a particular area, law enforcement may need to keep that information solely within law enforcement agencies. They may need to apprehend the offender as quickly as possible and without letting the offender know they are close to an arrest. Or they may elect to inform the public so they may take proactive steps to ensure their safety. When citizens become aware of a serial offender operating in their community, they should not wait on law enforcement to make any announcements of the threat or to provide crime prevention strategies. There are two specific cases profiled that illustrate the need for proactive measures that the average everyday citizen can employ these tactics and techniques to help save lives. These strategies can either prevent a person from being selected by the serial offender or the unlikely event the person is chosen, what the person can do before, during, and after an encounter with a violent offender. From 1985 through 1990, Gilbert Escobedo, also known as the ski mask rapist, attacked women in the Dallas, Texas area. The total amount of victims is unclear, but it's estimated that approximately 100 women were sexually assaulted. Escobedo would enter the homes of women wearing a ski mask. Some of the women were asleep as he entered their residence. Escobedo would sexually assault him even as their children slept beside them. So if we analyze the stages of how these crimes occurred, first, he would select and stalk the victim to her residence then began to surveil her residence. In some cases, Escobedo used false pretenses to gain entry into their residence, and once inside, he would find a way to manipulate a door or window that would at first glance appear to be secure, but in fact was anything but secure. Escobedo would return to the victim's residence during hours of darkness and break into the residence. He did not need to turn the lights on to prevent him from tripping over furniture or other objects, He had already been inside the residence and knew exactly where every hazard was. He would intimidate the woman to comply by threatening her with a weapon. Then he would sexual assault her and eventually leave the residence. Over time, Escobedo would refine his escape methods by changing his clothing to throw off police officers responding to the scene of the attack. Gilbert Escobedo was eventually captured after committing numerous sexual assaults. He is now 71 years of age and currently serving a life sentence in the custody of the Texas Department of Corrections for burglary, sexual assault, and aggravated sexual assault. On January 11, 2019, 56-year-old Connie Coons was found murdered inside her home in Gardnerville, Nevada. One day later, and about a mile away from the Coons residence, 74-year-old Sophia Renkin was found dead inside her home. Police connected the two crimes, but was unable to identify a suspect. Five days later, Sherry and Gerald David, ages 80 and 81, were found slain inside their South Reno home. And at that time, four people were killed at three different crime scenes in Northern Nevada. And even worse, the killer had not been identified or apprehended. Residents of the entire area were extremely concerned. In this case, the crimes were linked by law enforcement almost from the start. The tension among the community was palpable. And because I also live in South Reno, I was equally concerned for the safety of my family And for my own safety. This was not the first time, nor will it be the last time, a serial killer has roamed the streets, highways, and communities within the Northern Nevada area. But in most of those cases, only after the killers had been apprehended did the community learned that the serial killer had been taken off their streets. I observed and experienced firsthand many of the concerns of people who reside inside the target zone of a serial killer, and I dealt with those concerns personally and within the balance of my profession as a personal safety trainer. I literally practiced what I had been teaching. Because no one in the public eye knew how the cases were connected, or why these individuals were targeted and murdered. And because there was no suspect description broadcast on the local news channels. No sketch of the killer to alert the citizens to watch out for. No one knew who the killer or killers could have been. I was on high alert during my waking hours, not paranoid, but extremely concerned. When I was in public places, I was aware of my environment with my head on swivel. Inside my own home, I ensured that I had additional firearms available to me and within my immediate reach. Remember, no one knew who the killer or killers were, what tied them to their victims, or how they got inside the victim's home and passed any of their defenses. The search for the killers of these senior citizens continued for nine days. Investigators obtained information through the tracking of an Apple Watch, which had been stolen from one of the homicide victims, which led to a Carson City woman. And that woman had attempted to connect the stolen watch to a digital account they learned that the woman had an adult son, Wilbur Ernesto Martinez-Guzman. Law enforcement officers from several agencies began a surveillance of Ernesto Wilbur Martinez-Guzman and his mother. The following day, jewelry belonging to homicide victims Connie Koons and a ring belonging to Gerald David were recovered at a pawn shop in Carson City, Nevada. On January 19, 2019, Ernesto Martinez-Guzman was initially detained by agents of the Immigrations and Customs Enforcement on immigration charges. He was transported to the Carson City Sheriff's Department and read his rights per Miranda warning. He waived his rights and agreed to be interviewed by law enforcement. During the interview, he confessed to all four murders, as well as a string of other crimes. Ernesto Wilbur Martinez Guzman had been employed as a landscaper the summer before the killings began. He had stolen a 22 caliber handgun from the Davids and used that firearm to commit all four murders. And the reason for the killings? Guzman said he needed money to buy methamphetamine based on the confessions from Guzman and evidence obtained from the search warrant of his vehicle. Martinez Guzman was arrested by the Carson City Sheriff's Department and booked into jail on nearly 30 felony charges. Ernesto Wilber Martinez Guzman, then 19 years of age, had been living in Carson City, Nevada for approximately a year and a half. He is a citizen and a national of El Salvador who entered the United States illegally several years earlier. On October 21, 2021, Martinez Guzman pled guilty to the murders of Gerald and Sharon David. On November 9, 2021, Martino Guzman pled guilty to the murders of Connie Coons and Sophia Rankin. And on February 28, 2022, Martina Guzman was sentenced to two consecutive life sentences without the possibility of parole, and an additional 36 to 90 years in prison. Ernesto Wilbur Martinez Guzman is now an inmate at the Nevada Department of Corrections. These homicide cases gave me a perspective that others within our nation sometimes experience when a serial killer or a serial sex offender is operating where innocent citizens work or live with their families. That perspective was, citizens must, for themselves, take proactive safety measures to protect themselves and their family members, and not solely depend on law enforcement to capture the offender or to save them. Serial offenders drive the highways and walk the city streets in nearly every state. As I prepared for this podcast, there were two separate cases where suspects were arrested in and around my hometown of Reno, Nevada. One suspect was arrested for abducting a woman in Seattle, Washington, driving her hundreds of miles to his home in Oregon and sexually assaulting her. He then chained and locked the woman inside a cinder block cell he built in his garage. Fortunately, the woman escaped and flagged down a passing motorist. This suspect was arrested hundreds of miles from his home at a Walmart in Reno, Nevada. And this person is a suspect in four sexual assault cases in other states. And then another case, a man was arrested for breaking into resort rooms at South Lake Tahoe, California, through unlocked screen doors and fondling women's feet. This suspect was known to local law enforcement and has a criminal history that includes stealing women's shoes, trespassing, and sexual self-gratification during some of those incidents. And in another case that has made national news Rex Heuermann was arrested for the homicides of at least three women and suspected of as many more whose bodies were found on Gilgal Beach in Long Island. This person has possibly been operating for years and may have had victims in other states throughout the country. In late July, I was asked to provide some insight to Fox News on the dump sites where numerous bodies had been discovered, as well as to why there were also body parts discovered in additional locations that could have been scattered by animals, or purposely placed there by the offender in an attempt to throw off law enforcement efforts. The information I provided to Fox News appeared in an article that was published on July 23rd on both Fox News Digital and the New York Post. Regardless of how law enforcement agencies respond to violent crimes, every citizen has their part to play to prepare themselves and their family members to protect and prevail should they encounter a predator. When a serial killer or rapist whose identity is unknown and not in custody, or if the offender's identity is known they're operating within a defined area, it is recommended that people who reside or work in that area immediately tighten their inner circle of trust to the people they know extremely well. Even then, evaluate those people using a three-tiered system. They're either placed into a category as threat, no threat, or not sure. If the person is deemed a threat to your personal safety, take immediate actions that will ensure your safety. And if you're not sure if the person or situation is a threat to your personal safety, you have at least two choices. Watch and continue to evaluate if the threat is present, or you can take immediate action to ensure your personal safety. And if the person or situation is not a threat, you can relax and do what the situation calls for. The next steps are to employ two major aspects for your safety plan. Examine your physical security and your personal safety. Physical security tactics include the hardening or securing of targets for physical structure to include a security alarm or home surveillance cameras, a dog with master protection characteristics, and sufficient locks on doors and windows of your residence. For your automobile, these items consist of a well-maintained vehicle, typically consisting of routine maintenance for all under-the-hood items, inspection of tires, and at least three-quarters of a tank of gas with a locking fuel door cap. Today's technology allows for vehicle cameras to be installed to supplement your alarm system on your car. These cameras will capture events outside and inside your vehicle. After ensuring that you have a vehicle in good working order, have a plan for what you should do if you walk out to your vehicle and discover it has been sabotaged. Example, one or more tires that are flattened or the vehicle will not start. And have a plan of action if you should be approached while you are waiting for a trusted source to come and help you. Your personal safety strategies have several components. This portion is comprised of physical techniques designed to defeat a violent offender and allow the potential victim to disarm and disable an offender. Should anyone take a self-defense class, ensure the instructor is reputable with a proven track record. The last thing the potential victim of a violent crime would ever want to discover is that the techniques they have been taught would never work in a real situation. And those legitimate self-defense techniques can be successful if applied appropriately against an offender who attempts to commit any act of violence against you or your loved ones. A person may also use traditional weapons for self-defense such as a firearm or edge weapon, or using an improvised defensive weapon against an assailant. Those types of weapons can commonly be found in most environments that can be used to strike the assailant. Examples are a hammer, a cast iron skillet, or even a large wrench or sharp objects that can be used for cutting, slicing, or stabbing into the vital areas of an assailant, such as a knife, a pair of scissors, a corkscrew wine opener, or even a box cutter, all for the single purpose of saving your life. Make sure you employ positive safety traits and behaviors that increase your personal safety. Some of the most important could be considered strategies for your success. Look at aspects and routines of your personal and professional life to significantly limit or reduce any activity that could be construed as risky behavior, and those risky behaviors could place you into a situation or environment that could make you more likely to be targeted by a serial offender. Each person needs to have situational awareness where they display a keen awareness of their presence in their everyday environment. They need to be mentally cognizant of present and immediate future issues, to have the ability to anticipate danger and take the appropriate actions to avoid or mitigate the danger. One thing that people do today that is a huge hindrance to situational awareness is to pay too much attention to their electronic devices, their cell phones, tablets, or any other distractions that keep them from constantly scanning their environment for danger while in public. It is not that those items can never be used in public, but the user must be smart. Never use earbuds in or headphones covering both ears, and never have the volume up so loud that you cannot be alerted to someone approaching you. If you are engaging in activities where earbuds or headphones are being used, you can always keep one ear free of an earbud to hear approaching danger. Many of today's vehicles that are electronic or hybrid don't make the sounds that gas-powered vehicles do with their engine noise. Remember to not have the volume level so high that you cannot hear people or vehicles approach you while you're on foot. If you're out walking or jogging, go with other people in your circle of trust. Stay in well-traveled areas, places where lots of other people will traverse through. Use areas that are well-maintained and free from overgrown shrubs that could conceal an offender. And if those areas cannot be maintained, choose another area, but always be prepared mentally and physically if an offender suddenly appears intending to do you harm. Don't allow yourself to be so preoccupied or so self-absorbed in an activity where you are completely unaware of the likelihood for danger or that a person is even present or approaching. And you should also rely on your sense of sight to alert you to danger. When danger appears, Know that you will have options. Your everyday mental outlook cannot be one of complacency where your lifestyle, habits, or routine has contributed to a mindset where you are oblivious to the dangers or potential danger to either an environment or a person or feel so overconfident that you could never be the victim of a crime that you grossly underestimate the offender's capacity for evil and violence. Accountability is another trait. Letting loved ones or close friends within your circle of trust know who you are with where you're going and what time you're expected to return. If you are delayed, update those friends or close family members to alleviate their concerns. Share your location on your smartphone with a loved one or friends in your inner circle of trust. Use the buddy system when you go out, even though you are more than capable of going and being by yourself. Going places with friends or loved ones will increase your fun and your safety at the same time. When you go out in public places, such as a bar or a nightclub, the rule should be, all who came to this place together Leave to go home together. Be aware of danger signs, things or items that are unusual for a person or a place. When you see those signs, don't ignore them and don't procrastinate. Use your instincts to keep you safe. Take the reasonable actions that will ensure your safety. Play the what-if game. Whether you're at home or out in public, use a scenario that you've either heard about or read about. Insert yourself as a person selected by the offender then mentally rehearse the tactics and techniques that you have at your disposal to either avoid or defend yourself. There are many aggravating factors that are common to people who have become victims to a serial predator. Items or activities a person may or may not intentionally participate in that may lead to them being targeted by a violent offender. Some of those items or activities include, but certainly not limited to, getting into a vehicle with a person that you don't know very well. Using illegal drugs and allowing yourself to be in an alternate state of consciousness being intoxicated in public, online dating and meeting up with people you don't know without proper safeguards, and any illegal activity done with another person in secret. There are proactive strategies comprised of mental tactics and or physical acts initiated by the targeted person that can be proactive or spontaneous, occurring at the time of the attack to prevent being victimized by a violent offender. Those strategies are designed to defend against a violent offender And a fight for their life. The most important thing to do when faced with any violent offender is to survive the attack using any one of the following specific strategies. Number one, immediate physical resistance, whereby the victim uses physical force to effectively stop a violent attack. Your fight must be relentless and sustained to ensure your survival. Number two, partial submission is when the victim of a violent crime appears to comply with the offender but takes the first opportunity to use physical force to effectively stop the violent attack. And number three, full submission, where the victim fully submits to the attacker, even if the offender is successful in perpetrating a sex crime against you. But there's one major caveat to this strategy. If the offender is doing anything that appears as though they may take your life, then you must fight back with every fiber of your being, using conventional weapons such as a firearm or improvised defensive weapon to fight back. No one may be coming to save you, and your fight for your life may be all up to you. Remember, the most important thing to do when faced with a violent offender is to survive the attack. If you survive, even if badly injured, you did the right thing. And if you needed to submit to the offender's demands, but you survived the attack, you still did the right thing. There are at least two things that the victim of a serial killer and or serial rapist should never do. The first is never go anywhere with the offender even if the offender or offenders are armed with deadly weapons. The offender may prefer to move their victim to a most secluded location to commit additional violent crimes. Why? The offender may prefer to move their victims to a most secluded location to commit additional violent crimes. Going anywhere with the offender reduces the chances of anyone to intervene to witness the crimes and or to stop the attack. The second thing is never allow yourself to be restrained by handcuffs, rope, duct tape, etc. Allowing yourself to be tied up or restrained significantly reduces the ability to effectively fight back, employ life-saving techniques, or to escape when the opportunity exists. After surviving a violent encounter, the survivor needs to get to a place of safety. I would recommend a place where people typically gather for commerce. It could be a convenience store, a gas station, or a hospital, just to name a few places. It would be ideal if those places have surveillance cameras that may even capture the images of the survivor and possibly even the offender. Once at that safe location, they should call 911 to alert law enforcement and summon any required medical assistance. Reporting the crime will provide immediate documentation of the crimes that occurred. Law enforcement may be able to obtain physical evidence from the survivor that may help capture and prosecute the offender. Once the offender's physical description is broadcast, it will alert law enforcement officers and the public to the crime, and that information may aid in the expeditious capture of the suspect. Know that criminals who commit violent crimes in secret mingle among us every day. These offenders represent men and women of varying ages, and they come from all ethnic backgrounds. When their identities are revealed, we learn they can be someone's father, someone's husband, someone's son, and in some cases, even someone's daughter, wife, or girlfriend. These people may have friends or acquaintances who never would have guessed the person they know could have committed these offenses that they are accused of committing. But these offenders have misled everyone, sometimes going to the great lengths not to exhibit obvious signs of their evil past, present, or future deeds. Don't allow yourself to be fooled and have misjudged expectations where you expect a person, based on their looks, their dress, their social status, or conversation, to be excluded from being a person that's a possible threat to your safety. Always have a plan A and B when you are confronted by a violent offender having a viable plan will allow you to launch an effective strategy to overcome the offender's violent efforts and you should also be prepared for physical confrontation using a concept that i was taught in law enforcement jdlr which stands for just doesn't look right be aware of your environment and take action when things don't look or feel right know that evil people won't always look the part as i said they may even be well dressed drive nice vehicles, and have the financial means to live a nice life, but their actions will always indicate their intent. With any offender that's attempting to attack you, research ahead of time and know the laws in your area and that knowledge will guide you to a full range of options for your survival. In most places, a person can use deadly force to stop a sexual attack or an abduction. No person ever wakes up in the morning and decides this will be the day they'll become a victim to a predator. If you or anyone you know are the victim or survivor of a violent crime, know that whatever you or they did to encounter the offender was not their fault. People who are victimized, as well as those who survive an attack, are never to blame for being chosen by the violent offender. It is always the violent offender who has 100% of the blame. The most important thing for anyone in a dangerous situation is to survive the attack, even if they have to submit to the violent offender's acts. As you go about your daily activity, keep your eyes and ears open to things going on around you. Perhaps something you might see, hear, or witness could make the difference between a person's continued exploitation, their death, or their rescue. Don't just see something and say something, do something. In many situations, unless you have the training and competence in confronting a potential suspect by yourself, that will be dangerous. And if you do intervene, the offender's attention will be diverted to you. But you can be that observant person who witnesses something that just doesn't look right. And if anything appears not right to you, don't be afraid to call 911. Trust your instincts. Don't easily dismiss something that could lead to another person being hurt by your lack of action. Offenders who commit violent crimes are knowledgeable, practiced, polished, and capable of spotting situations and people engaging in non-life threatening situations before they eventually attack their victim. Nor there are many more predators that are out there looking and waiting for their opportunity to pounce. It's important to educate ourselves and our children throughout their lives their teenage years and well beyond about the dangers they may face from a sex offender and more importantly that they do have options for survival if that should occur Emphasis should be placed on how not to only avoid dangerous situations and people but how to protect ourselves and our children from ever becoming victims of a violent predator to honor their initial instincts that when things don't look or feel right they have the permission to take necessary actions to keep themselves safe Keep in mind that serial defense was designed to assist the public when a series of sex crimes and or homicides are occurring in a specific area and when citizens need to take proactive measures for their own self-defense and for their family members. Every person should know what to do before, during, and after a violent crime. People selected as victims must shift their paradigm from victim to survivor and be prepared to fight for their own survival. This paradigm shift starts at the beginning stages of the crime where there are still opportunities to change the outcome. Serial defense is designed to stop a violent attack before it begins, or at least mitigate the serious impact of personal harm from the offender. Using the best practices of law enforcement tactics and viable self-defense techniques, you will have options for survival. The entire goal is to turn the tide against a violent offender and survive any attack. If you'd like to submit a particular serial offender to be profiled along with preventative measures and defensive tactics, you can always email me with the offender's information. Subscribers to Serial Defense now call themselves Serial Defenders. If you're not yet a member, now is the perfect time to sign up and unlock the self-defense videos on the website. All it takes is $5 per month to sign up. The website is SerialDefense.com. Don't wait until you've experienced a life-altering event to start your training. It's better to be prepared and not need the information than to need the information and not be prepared. Thanks for listening. I hope this podcast was helpful to empower you with options for survival. I'm your host and personal safety trainer, Joey Walker. Audio editing and engineering by Jeff Bonanno. Graphics, content advisor, and more, Samantha Joy. Please follow, rate, review, and subscribe to Serial Defense. And please share the Serial Defense podcast and website with your friends and family members. In order to continuously improve this program, your feedback is valuable to provide the best tactics and techniques that might just save your life or the life of someone you love. Look for future podcasts on serial defense that will highlight other serial offenders from the distant and recent past, whether they're in your country, your state, or even in your neighborhood. Until then, there are three guiding principles for defending yourself against any violent predator. They are protect yourself at all times, do unto bad guys before they do unto you, and always and everywhere, be ready. Take care.